jewishaudio on Chabad.org. Sometimes you feel like you're just too far gone. That's it, I'm lost, I've gone off the beaten path, there's no way I could come back home. The beauty of this Shabbos, known as Shabbos Shuva or Shabbos Teshuva, is to focus on the meaning of the word Teshuva. Teshuva does not mean repentance, which means you need to change and become somebody else. Teshuva means return. The word Teshuva actually means Tashuv Hey, return to Hashem. You don't have to become somebody else. All you need to do is become the real you. Your truest essence, the depth of who you really are, is your neshama, is your soul. All you need to do is uncover who you really are. Bring out that potential of your truest identity and your truest self. There's a beautiful Jewish teaching that God is not asking you to be better than the person next to you. God is asking you to be better than the person you were yesterday. That's the message of Teshuvah. Return, come home, just come back to who you really are because you never really left. This week's story is an incredible story spanning multiple generations. A story which reminds us that no matter how far it may seem that you have gone, ultimately you never really left because the way home is always open and available to you because you belong. You always belonged. And even when it seemed like you were so far and so disconnected, the truest essence of your neshama never left and is just as whole as it was all along. Come back home. That's the message of this week's story. Open up your hearts, my friends, as I take you way back to November 1979, a large hall in St. Paul, Minnesota, where many Jewish people are gathered together to commemorate a very special day. This is the date of Yud Shvat, the 10th of Shvat, the anniversary of passing of the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe. They all gathered together for a very special speaker. The speaker was somebody who this community waited for a solid 10 years to book him to come. He was an unusually talented speaker. His name was Rabbi Shlomo Hecht, lived in Chicago. Everybody gathered to hear his words. In that crowd was sitting a young woman who really was not supposed to be there. The truth is she planned on going to the mountainside to spend the weekend with her college friends. Somehow, some way, somebody convinced her to stay and spend a weekend in the Chabad House in St. Paul, Minnesota. And there she was sitting on that Saturday night, reflecting upon her journey as a very assimilated secular Jew who grew up with minimal Jewish involvement. And now she's sitting there asking herself the big question, why am I here? What am I doing here in this room half full of Hasidic Jews? I feel like a stranger in a strange land. Open up your hearts, my friends, as Rabbi Hecht began to share his story. And he said as follows, I would like to share with you the story about a man by the name of Mr. Sam Broida. Sam Broida was a successful merchant and businessman in Chicago, but the beginning of his life was very difficult. When he was just a young child, six years old, his parents left Europe for America to build a better life for themselves. But they decided to leave Sam behind, five, six-year-old Sam, together with his little brother Max, who was only five. And these two little boys, practically babies, were left alone in the old country, in this shtetl called Eisheshuk. And there they would sleep on the benches of the synagogue just so they can study Torah. They were separated from their parents long before the days of telephones or airplanes, sleeping on the benches, trying to survive with whatever food they had, just so they can learn Torah, just so they can ensure that the traditions of the Jewish people are passed down to the next generations. Ultimately, 
When he reached 17 years old, his parents in America finally saved enough money to send him passage. And he came to the United States, thankfully, because just a few years later, the Nazis rolled into that village and destroyed that town and sadly killed every Jew who lived there. In the meantime, this Jew, Sam Broida, living in Chicago, grew up committed to a Jewish future. But as you can well imagine, unfortunately, one by one, his children assimilated into the melting pot of America and slowly left a Jewish life. But Mr. Sam Broida, along with his wife, stayed strong, stayed connected, stayed committed to Jewish life. Our story continues on when shortly after the war, when there were many, many refugees who were stuck in Eastern Europe trying to rebuild their lives, Rabbi Hecht put together a committee to collect money to distribute to the desperate refugees that were left in Europe. And Mr. Sam Broida, at the time, was already the owner of a kosher meat packaging company in Chicago. He was the president of this fund. And thanks to his incredible efforts, they managed to collect $180,000, which is a tremendous amount of money at the time. And Mr. Broida was chosen to be the delegate to take the money to Europe, to help the refugees who fled from Russia to Paris. And when he came back home, he gathered together all the donors to this fund, and he gathered together all the Jewish people in Chicago that were part of that community. And he said, I want to tell you a story that moved me deeply. When I was in Paris, I wanted to understand more about how these people lived in the difficult times of the war. So I began to speak to them. I spoke to older people, to young people. And then at random, I approached a little boy who was eight years old, and I said to him, I'm going back to America tomorrow, and I would like to give you something, something special, something that you really, really want. Whatever it is, I'll get for you. What would you like me to send you from America? And he answered something that I will never forget. He looked at me and he said, all I'm asking for is for the merit to go to America and see the Lubavitcher Rebbe someday. You have to understand, said Mr. Broida, these people had nothing at all. I was sure the little boy will ask me for shoes, for clothes, for food, for candy, for a suit, for a hat, something. None of that. All he asked for is to go to America and see the Rebbe. And Mr. Broida concluded his words and said, I myself, I'm not a follower of the Rebbe at all. I don't really believe in all these stories of all these miracles. But this Rebbe lives in America and his influence is so great that this young child only desires to come see the Rebbe. I would like to come see the Rebbe myself. And sure enough, Rabbi Hecht shared in that hall on Minnesota that night how he took Mr. Broida with him in 1947 to Brooklyn, New York to visit the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe. At the time, the Rebbe saw very few people. His health was very frail because of the tremendous suffering he had when he was severely tortured by the Russians who couldn't stand his powerful religious leadership under communist rule. He managed to get an appointment for Mr. Broida. And they had a very powerful exchange with the Rebbe. And afterwards, Mr. Broida said that it was one of the most profound and incredible experiences of his life. But my friends, listen to what happened next. Rabbi Hach continues and says, something very special and amazing happened. As you can well imagine, a Rebbe never repeats a word of what happens in a private audience between him and any other person. You can just imagine if a lawyer or a doctor is bound to confidentiality. Of course, a rabbi would never share what he discusses with a Jew who enters his room. But nevertheless, for some reason which I don't understand, and I still don't understand, said Rabbi Hecht, after Mr. Broida saw the Rebbe, 
The Rebbe called me into his office. And these were the Rebbe's words. The Rebbe said, Rabbi Hecht, Mr. Sam Breuder came to me today. I asked him about his business. I asked him about his community work. And then I asked him, and what are your children doing? And in those moments, he burst into tears. And he told me that of his six children, none of them were observant anymore. And he poured out his heart and he cried. And when he was six years old, his family left Russia to America. And he stayed alone. And he slept on the benches for 10 years just so he can study Torah and keep the Jewish future in his own family for the future generations. And he said, Rebbe, what is worth all my money if I am now living in Chicago? And every single one of my six children left a path of Torah and mitzvot. At that moment, the Rebbe continues to Rabbi Hecht and the Rebbe says, I looked at him in his eyes and I promised him that he would have the joy of seeing his Judaism come alive again one day in his own grandchildren. And let's go back to that night, 1979, in St. Paul, Minnesota, as Rabbi Hecht is sharing the story. He concludes his remarks by saying, I often wondered since then what happened to the Rebbe's promise. Mr. Breuder passed away years ago, and I have no idea what happened to his family. But one thing I do know, that the promise of a tzaddik, the promise of a Rebbe, is never made in vain. The speech was over. And then Rabbi Hecht notices that there's a young woman sitting in the third row with tears pouring down her face. It's not stopping, gushing. Rabbi Hecht goes over and says, are you okay? And this young woman looks at Rabbi Hecht and says, Rabbi Hecht, my name is Shifra. I was supposed to be right now with my college friends having a fun at the lake. But I chose to come here tonight to be part of this community, to celebrate with my fellow Jews. When you entered this room and you stood up at the podium, I felt alone. I felt like a stranger in a strange land. But now that you share this remarkable story, from all the stories you chose to share this story, now I feel like I truly came home. Because Rabbi Hecht, you see, Mr. Sam Broida was my grandfather. My friends, the story is not over because that was in 1979. But since then, the life of Miss Shifra has changed dramatically. Even though the generation before has left the path of Jewish life, she came back home. She established a beautiful home together with her husband, a home infused with Torah and mitzvot, a home infused with the spirit of Hasidic teachings, built up a beautiful family, children and grandchildren who themselves continue in the path of the Torah and mitzvot. But the story is not over. Because one evening in September of 2006, two of Shifra's daughters were attending a special inspirational evening that was taking place in Chicago, where they were attending school. The school where her daughters attended several times a year would host large programs in honor of auspicious days on the calendar. And they would always host this event in the same hall, in the same local synagogue. But on this particular occasion, the school had a major issue. They were unable to find the space that could accommodate the girls and all the students for the special event. All the usual venues were not available, were being booked. The very, very last minute, the program organizers found the space in a small synagogue and not a very good neighborhood. Some would have never been before, but they were stuck and they chose that synagogue's social hall to be the space where they would host that speaker. 
But then they had another problem. Last minute, the speaker who was lined up was canceled. And now they had to find a new speaker to cater for this very special event for all of the many students in the Jewish school in Chicago. Somebody recommended somebody who recommended somebody. And finally, they heard about a young speaker from New York who they flew in for that evening to come address the students in the social hall in a synagogue that they've never been before. And as Shifra's daughter sat in that synagogue hall, Here's what they heard. They heard this story told, a story that took place in 1979 about a young woman from Minnesota with no relationship with God, a young woman whose life was changed forever because of a story that she heard that cold winter evening in Minnesota told by a rabbi from Chicago, a student of the Rebbe. A remarkable story of divine providence, how he shared the story about her grandfather so she can be inspired that night. But my friends, Shifra's daughter that night in Chicago was sitting in the synagogue. What synagogue? They were sitting in that synagogue that was established by Mr. Sam Broida, a synagogue called Mishnah Ugamara in Chicago, a synagogue that he established with a sweat and tears. That is the place where his great-grandchildren gathered that night to hear this very same story told by who? Who was the speaker that night? The grandson of Rabbi Hecht from Chicago. Once again, the story went full circle 50 years later. My friends, as the generations go on, and now today as we celebrate Shabbat, the great-grandchildren and the great-great-grandchildren of Mr. Sam Broida are celebrating Shabbat as well in their homes with their children. It is because a Jew can always come back home.